Welcome to the Raise Private Money Legally Podcast with your host, Corporate Securities Attorney Kim Lisa Taylor. Kim is a nationally recognized attorney, speaker, and the author of two number one Amazon best-selling books, the latest of which is How to Raise Capital for Real Estate Legally. Kim and her firm, Syndication Attorneys, PLLC, have been responsible for over $2.75 billion in securities offerings. The purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to topics and services you need as your real estate syndication business grows. Whether you're a new syndicator or a seasoned fund manager, this podcast is for you. Information discussed during this free podcast is of a general, educational nature and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Welcome to the Raise Private Money Legally podcast, where we talk about topics of interest to real estate syndicators. And we usually have the opportunity for live questions and answers at the end of the call. This time, we're going to have so much to talk about. I don't think we're going to be able to do that. Uh, I'm your host, attorney Kim Lisa Taylor. So hello, I would love to welcome our guest speaker, who is Vinny Chopra, uh, my longtime client and good friend. Vinny, how are you? I'm doing great, Kim. It's such a pleasure to be with you uh, this morning. Uh, it's kind of cold out here in San Francisco area. How is it over there in Florida? Well, it's a little cold here. I think we're having a nor'easter. It was 80 degrees yesterday, and uh, right now it, I woke up this morning and it was like 50 something. So it's like mm, it's a little, a little chilly. That's <laughs> a jacket. So um, anyway. Um, I would love to kind of pick your brains about your you know, journey and how things have happened for you with your syndication business. Um, so I've got a, a bunch of questions I want to ask, if that's okay. Um, no, I'm all, so, all yours. Yes. All right, very good. Okay. So tell us. First of all, like, what are you doing now? I know you're involved in a bunch of different things. So just give us kind of an overview of what you're working on right now. Totally, totally. Right now, actually, as you know, with the COVID happening in 2020, that didn't slow us down, which was good. You know, we have been buying apartments, just like I've been doing it, but in Orlando, as you know, there, and then Melbourne, we bought. Then last September, we bought in Austin, Texas, because with the COVID, it just stuck with my engineering mind, you know, where the jobs are, that's in the IT industry. And where I live near San Francisco, as you know, Kim, the engineers are moving. They're moving to Austin, to Dallas, to Georgia, Atlanta, and Florida and all. So that's what we bought in middle of November. But also, I've been thinking about getting into senior living quite a bit, maybe for the last three, four years. And I'm so happy that we have found a great partner, you know, from Michigan, who has been building senior living A plus class. So we are very much involved in that one now, raising money for assisted senior living to ground up constructions, and then also purchasing the ones that we have built when they get stabilized. And then hotel Bare Hotel Hilton Garden Inn. I'm going to be buying some more also as the uh, vaccines get out there more. And our hotel in Texas is doing really well. Hilton Garden Inn with my partners. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's grown in value. We got lucky that the staff there, medical staff chose our hotel to live in. And oh, wow. that, 
kept the occupancy way up all through the epidemic. Oh, yeah, you're very lucky. Very lucky with that. <laughs> yeah, I have some other hotel clients and they say that the market's starting to come back and, and recover. Yes. So it's, it's been good. Right. Those last few months have been good for them as well. Um, so don't you also have some training programs? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, definitely. Thank you for reminding. You know, I have a very big uh, multifamilyacademy.com. I started uh, kind of, you know, uh, recording myself about seven years back. And I have over 1000 lectures. So we have positioned them in different I know that's a lot, all video lectures and with all the tools and everything. So with the grace of God, we are in expanding there also. I do master coaching with Inner Circle on every Wednesday night, which I enjoy thoroughly two hours with a lot of you know, investors all through USA who bring their deals and bring their questions and camaraderie and working together. A lot of my students are now in the well, my number one student is doing $80 million now if syndications in just few years, and many, many of them are in the you know tens of millions and so on. So yeah, no, that's been kind of fun. John Rusin and Ethan Diaz are my directors of the academy, and they work so hard, you know, to work with the students, investors. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking back to when I first met you and uh, you had been uh, in someone else's coaching program at that point. And uh, we're just learning how to do this and uh, came to our firm. And I think we might have helped you with your first syndication. Is that right? Hold on. You have been pivotal part of my success, Kim. I want to publicly announce that and everybody knows that in my other podcast. I mean, you and, you know, you helped me to do 26, 26 syndication, you know, packets and we bought 26. As uh, as you recall, we have two companies, acquisition companies, one with my old partner, which was Ideal Investment Group. And then the new company I started only six years back. I can't believe it. You know, it was the November 19th of 2014 when I started my new company. And we have done just outlandish business in that one. And uh, no thanks to you. <laughs> you know, I owe so much learning about how to raise money. You know, it came, you know, you kept me totally on top of and the friendship and the business we have done together. I owe a lot. Yes. No, yes. And, I, and I remember, you know, just the first few times you were a little tentative about things. And then I just watched your knowledge grow over all of these different syndications to where, you know, the student becomes the teacher and, uh, you know, that's kind of the highest compliment. Um, so I think you did a really, really great thing by um, building your business and then dedicating yourself to sharing it with others. And I think that's important. Um, you know, I, I talk about your success with, uh, with other clients as well and say, you know, you can do this, you know, uh, Vinny did it. You can do this. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Kim, I didn't know what NOI was literally 15, 16 years back. You know, I didn't know what COC was, what LOI letter of intent was. My friend actually scribbled it on a piece of napkin, literally in a restaurant who is in real estate here in California. And I took it home. <laughs> I said, let me study this. You know, what is letter of intent? Right. <laughs> Funny. And 
know, these things are just second nature. And, you know, that's what we, we would like for all of our clients is, you know, especially the people that are coming to us that have never done this before, you know, yes. we understand it's scary because I was there too. I was, you know, in that coaching program, the same one you were, right? My husband yeah. and I. And we were learning yes. how to do this as well. And, you know, there was a point where I was like, what's a security, right? I don't know what that is. So <laughs> <laughs> have, to, have to learn. So, you know, we all start somewhere. And, uh, you know, some of us come with a little bit of pre-knowledge and some of us come with none. But you yep. still get to the same place just by dedicating yourself to the, you know, learning about uh, everything you can about what you're trying to accomplish. And that's what I did. When I started out as a, a securities attorney, I just read every single thing I could on it. I went to every workshop or seminar or continuing legal education or anything I could find where someone was talking about it and um, just learned that way. And then, you know, started doing it and started, uh, you know, seeing other people's documents and seeing improving our own documents. And it just, uh, you know, kind of all came together. And now I'm able to teach other people too. So, so that worked out. But um, so what did you do, Vinny, before you became a syndicator? You know, actually, I'm a mechanical engineer from India. And some people might know, I came into this country with little money, $7 in my pocket and a dream. I went to George Washington University to do my master's in business administration. I always thought, you know, engineering and marketing sales will really make a great combination. But my life changed when I sold books. Some people might know encyclopedias and Bible books, door to door and just looking into introspectively, you know, myself, I really enjoy being with people, you know, and adding value. So I became a full-time promotional consultant and a fundraiser and a motivational speaker, actually, for majority of my life and became a senior stockholder and retired from that company, by the way, in 2015. So I was doing single family homes and I was doing flipping and building and I was doing all this, uh, you know, the uh, multifamily syndication business with my partner. And I just built my company when I totally retired from that company, you know, as a conflict of interest and all. But I spend a lot of time not watching TV, <laughs> but learning. And evenings used to be very grueling. You know, after my whole work of the day, I'll spend three, four, five hours that evening, you know, in going through the coaching sessions and uh, analyzing deals and talking to, you know, brokers in lunchtime, I remember, or first thing in the morning. And you do whatever it needs to be done, you know, to get it done. So well, I'm pretty sure that you don't ever sleep because I think I've had communications with you before at like six o'clock in the morning and also at 11 o'clock at night. So, <laughs> of course, the thing is, I'm, I guess I'm never sleeping either because I'm doing the same. <laughs> you know, that's what they say about being self-employed. The good part is that uh, exactly anywhere you can work anytime you want. And the bad part is you can work from anywhere and you can <clears throat> work anytime you want. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. you know for 43 years I've had office in my home by the way you know in my previous life also I never had to go to a you know structured office it was always and I would give speeches that's why I say I've given 11,000 speeches or more because I would 
get in the front of like 100, 200, 500 people, you know, and then my business kind of gave me flexibility, which was the best part because uh, it was not 12 month kind of deal. My business was four months, usually three and a half, four months of intensive travel and uh, presentations and all. But the rest of the time I built a team. I always believe in, you know, doing, finding people who can do better than me, you know, and that way having a strong team, it gave me time to really work into real estate, you know. Well, and you brought up a really good point. Of course, we're, we're completely deviating from all the questions I sent you, but that's okay. Um, so you brought up a really great point is that if any of you on the call are thinking, I can't, uh, I can't speak like that. I don't want to speak in front of people or whatever. You, you know what? You can. And here's how I did it. When I started out as an attorney, I remember I was terrified to go to court, right? I'm terrified. It's just like, you know, my knees would be knocking and, you know, my stomach would be upset. It would be so bad. But I started speaking at RIA's Real Estate Investment Association meetings, yes. just a little 30 second pitch that you can get up and just kind of talk about your company, and what you do. And uh, I would offer some kind of a little educational event. And the first time I did it, I was afraid, you know, even just that 30 second thing, I was nervous, I was afraid. And I started doing that for a little while and I do it every month. And after a while, I stopped being afraid of that. And then I started teaching. And the, the thing about teaching is that it really deepens your knowledge, but yes. it also gives you confidence because you, you realize, first thing you have to realize is that you know more than 90% of the people in the room already. <laughs> okay. And yes. so you realize, and you also have to realize that you're teaching them something that they really want to learn and that it will help them. So mm -hmm. if you're approaching it from that way, you're not worried about it. And sure, there might be five or 10 people in the room that know something, you know, more than you, you do, or, you know, it's all just a review for them or something like that, but you can also learn from those people. So, you know, it's, it's just, the fear goes away. The fear goes away with knowledge. And mm -hmm. the more that you get comfortable with the subject matter and get comfortable talking about it in front of a group, then it becomes second nature to talk to investors. Would you agree with that? So true. So true, Kim, what you're saying, you know, I mean, when you said about shivering, I remember getting in front of 35 people, first presentation ever, ever, ever. And I memorized and I did this. I even had three by five cards, literally, even at the pointers. And I, I remember still distinctly remember that table in front and I was just so nervous and I was behind the table and I had this three by five cards in the front of the table, <laughs> all that. But you know, you're right. Action cures, you know, the fear and more confident you are each and every time I gave more and more and more and more presentations. It made me feel more confident, like you're saying, you know, the big thing is to know your knowledge and learn and rehearse even. I, I have done that, by the way. You know, I did few Toastmasters and some other courses, but I did practice in front of the mirror. That's the best way we can ever do. Even reading our own notes in front of the mirror and making gestures and all, you know. <laughs> so I do remember the first time that I ever taught syndication at Aria, and it was Aria that I'd been going to for like two years. So I knew all the people there and stuff. 
And first, you know, the topic, I guess, was a, an important topic because like three times as many people came to that RIA meeting as ever before. And I remember walking through the crowd like in a daze. And I, I was like, I was just in complete daze the whole time. I don't remember what I said. I do remember there was a guy sleeping in the front row. And so I kind of focused on him, right? Because you could stare right at that guy that's sleeping. <laughs> he doesn't care. And so, so I just kind of focused on the sleeping guy. Didn't worry about the sea of faces out there. And it got through it. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people were, you know, like thanking me and help, you know, saying, oh, that was really helpful and stuff like that. So all of a sudden it just kind of, I never had that experience again. But that first time there were like 120 people there. I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> so, so yeah, you can all get through this if you want to. And, and speaking in front of a crowd, and uh, even if it's four people or two people, um, you know, it, it, there's a whole lot of meetups out there that are looking for speakers and people to teach them stuff. And, uh, you know, they'd be happy to have you there. And, and, you know, the way I look at it, even if you only get six people, that's six people that you didn't have to talk to one on one. And, uh, you know, then maybe they got something out of it. And then maybe, you know, you got better at speaking, even if they never become clients or you never hear from them again, you honed your skills and you practiced and, and you got a little better. Or maybe you saw something on your slides that you could improve. So all that stuff just makes it a better experience for the next. So true. So true, Kim. And, you know, nowadays with the world of Zoom and, you know, go to meetings and all the webinars, it's so great. And I always like to even meet with one-on-one -on -one with my investors through Zoom, you know, yeah. and I got now almost 400 some investors, but I started from, you know, one face-to-face -to, -face to building business for 32 or so investors, I remember, but then a lot of them have been on the phone call or talking on the Zoom and I'll record and I'll tell them right up front that I'm going to record the whole presentation and send you a copy of it, oh, a link to it. You know, that way they could kind of go back on the PowerPoint presentation yeah. that I went over because we would spend 20, 30 minutes, right? And yeah. that way they could kind of reinforce that, hey, Vinny said this and that. And then, you know, you're able to follow back up again and build that relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so what was it that, you know, you had all these other businesses, you had all this other stuff going, what was it that you know, changed your mind and made you decide to become a syndicator? You know, very good point. I mean, we did save some money, my wife and I, you know, we've been married 41 years, you know, this year. Yeah. Really, really happy. Neil and Monica are doing great. Our two children. Mm -hmm. And that's our real wealth, you know, right there. But the key thing is, you know, we were buying single family homes. It's much cheaper to buy single family homes and then scale up, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly. But when I got into apartment business, I understood that in 2006 and seven, almost 20, 15, 20 years, 15, 16 years back, uh, the key thing was money. <laughs> you know, if you want to scale up more, then you need more money for down payment, for closing costs, and then, you know, so forth. Otherwise, you'll be stuck with only duplex if we bought and the fourplex and so forth. So that's when I was introduced with the power of syndication, which is pooling of the money together of the people you know, family and friends. Right. 
Right. So it's a simple, simple way. And I even thought about talking. Th- I remember now talking to my friends. They said, Winnie, oh, there can be lawsuits and this and that. You know, you're signing your life away on the loans, all that, right? You know, yeah. so they didn't really know maybe the whole SEC, why it's so great to be in this field because everybody's transparent, integrity, and, you know, everybody's clear right you know and investors are there to invest money so that you can take care of their money to make more money and which rightly so we have done so well in the last 14 years i'm so proud of the accomplishments my teams have done i mean i'm just a one guy on the top but at the peak we had 135 people in our full time in our integrated businesses, you know, where we were managing them and everything. And by holding seminar, no, it's not seminars, but investor meetings, which Mm -hmm. we always record and then send a link back to all the investors. And we just stop everything, whatever we are doing. If any investor calls us or emails us or texts to us, we want to deal with it right away, within a few hours, you know, right like that. Well, that's, so, that's, that's a good policy is that if somebody reaches out to you, especially like, uh, you know, people set up these contact <laughs> forms on their, e- on their websites and then yeah. they'll sit in your inbox for two days before anybody responds. You know, if that investor sent you something, they're interested in talking to you now. And if you call them two days from now, they might have gone on to something else or found a different place to invest. Totally, totally. And, you know, the longer what I found is that some of these Questions are very small questions, but if you handle them, great. But as the time progresses, they start thinking bad things. They start thinking about, you know, what is happening, why they are not returning, all that, right? You know, so it's good to get back and clear up the voicemail. Like I just let call somebody back who called me and they said their voicemail is not set up. Oh my, I said, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's tough. So I, when I, when I get that, I text and text them and say, Hey, your voicemail's not set up yet or your voicemail's full. Um, but anyway, okay. So how, how did you learn, you know, wh- what was the beginning of your learning experience when you started learning about syndication? You know, to be very truthful, when I started, I always, I'm a very inquisitive guy. I asked a lot of questions, but I always Google. <laughs> Google is my best friend, YouTube and Google. I hope everybody uses that. So I just said syndication. And then I said, okay, let me see. Number one thought came to my mind is somebody must have written books on it, right? So I did the Googling and all that. And I found two great books by, you know, Dave Lindahl. I don't mind you know, saying, and he was my mentor and all, and his coaches, Ron Jung is still with Dave Lindahl. And he was the one who was coaching us every week. So one thing I definitely want to say, the kind of monies we spent then, well worth it. I wouldn't be where I am today if I had not invested in my education and training, because that took away the fear. Yes, so the I agree. Fear, can I make this uh, in investment here or not? Should I? Let's find out somebody who's done it before and they can guide us along to mitigate the risk and not, you know, uh, step on the minds, I call it, right? You know, bad mistakes can be so costly that 
the education part of paying a little bit money to somebody who's going to pave the way, you know, is well worth it. So education is huge. And that's what I, I, I you know, believe in right now. And we invested a lot of money, which we didn't have, by the way. <laughs> but some good Samaritan gave us a loan of 150000 I think, just because they liked us, who we were, my partner and I. And then we were able to use that money to get educated. So I started in the business, if I may say to everybody, with $500. Wow. $500 literally 14, 15 years back, even though we had money, but my family didn't believe in me. (laughs) A lot of people probably can relate to that. You know, they said, we don't want you to lose what you have made. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Well, but I don't think you need that much to learn now. First of all, I think there, yeah. You know, this was what, you know, 12, 14 years ago. I, I think that there's a lot more options available now. Yes. Uh, you know, so, I mean, the RE Mentor program is is really very, very good. I've yes. consistently gotten a, a number of, you know, really great clients. That's where you yeah. came from. That's where I was. I was in the coaching mm-hmm. program. That's where I learned about syndication. And uh, that's where I met a lot of my clients. Um, and a lot of people that come out of that program go on and become multiple syndicators, you know, they, they go on and do big things. Um, but you know, there's so many different trainers and you've got your training program. And so I think that there's just a lot of uh, options available for people that really want to learn how to do it. In fact, we're creating a website called syndicationeducation.com. Oh, and, uh, you know, our goal is to, you know, gather all this indication education products and the real estate training products in one place where people can pick and choose who they want to hear or they can follow oh, wow. up, right? With uh, yes. live events or, or anything like that. So, so we want to have your products on that as well. Maybe sure. um, so, um, so let's see. So you started your syndication business. Oh, and in 2008? I would say that, yeah, right about when we started purchasing, right? Mm-hmm. But I was doing education, actually, two years before that. It's amazing, you know. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? But when we started working with a coach, that's when we took off, yeah. you know. Before that was, okay, dabbling into this, listening this, that. But that didn't take us anywhere, right, you know. Yeah. So, that's why I believe very strongly to work on a blueprint and with a timeline, you know, because a lot of people have a lot of dreams. And unless we put a deadline to the dreams, there is, those are then goals. And let's just then figure out a way how to accomplish. And as you know, I've been a very positive person all my life. So I believe that, you know, you can be positive, but you've got to act. <laughs> you can't do uh, everything that you want to do in your life by being just positive, you got to prove every day, you know, how you move the needle, I call it, you know, in the right direction. And that comes with getting a team because commercial business is a team sport. It's yeah. not a solo sport. I think if I That's didn't have a partner or two, you're right, right? Yeah. yeah. All of our clients that have come to us that have been solos have either the ones that have succeeded have either had partners or paid staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. So having that. That's great. If you don't, then, you know, you got to partner with people and and you got to partner with people that have complementary skill sets, not identical skill sets. 
So true, so true, you know, because you have to, you know, divide, delegate, and then conquer. And then the key thing is, I always say that now, don't join at the hip, you know, right away, because you want to really have your own two LLCs and join together, uh, you know, to buy properties as partnership and all uh, through syndication or joint venture and all. But the key thing is to feel out because it's a hundred percent sport. You got to put as much effort as the other. One cannot just slough off because then those partnerships go haywire. They get into trouble. You know, people are, you know, bickering about it. A lot of things can happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah, the, and the, you definitely have to figure out how to split up your interests according yes. to how much uh, everybody is able to contribute. Um, and I don't mean money. I'm talking about time and ability time, effort and things like that. Yeah. Um, so has your syndication, you know, have you had any road bumps along the way? And <laughs> if you did, what did you learn from them? Oh my God, lots of road bumps. Actually, a lot of people ask me, I can write two books or three books. It's been pretty, I mean, if I look back at my uh, being the CEO of five companies now or something, I find that my whole day is filled with a lot of bumps, <laughs> you know? And even though we proactively work on things, but things happen. You know, things happen in the property management side, due diligence side, financing side, now the construction side, the contractor side, the litigation side. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just got so many facets, you know, when you are in any kind of business, I think, you know, but you're right. A lot of bumps have come on the way. But the key thing is, if you keep the interest of the investors foremost, because we are fiduciary responsibility to take care of investors' money. Secondly, are my residents. I want to make sure I make the right decisions, what's right for my residents, because they are the ones why we are in business. That's We never say tenants, they're residents. And then the third line, which I always look at, is our people at our properties, they are representing Vinnie and Monil and our investors. So we want to make sure that they are happy. I've never missed a payroll in the last 14 years. Never, ever. I've never asked any of my, you know, uh, in my, my teams to, you know, not work. You know, even if we had less work, I kept on paying them full time because I knew we'd be able to buy more properties. And that's how I look at it. I, you know, having that, uh, you know, that who is behind that is their family and their, you know, bills and everything. So being compassionate and passionate, it really helps you become a better leader. But I think, and people love to work for you then more with a lot of, you know, hard work. And I mean, you know, and we hours of the morning and night, like I work. <laughs> My wife said, you retired, but you're busier than retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get tired, you know. I mean, when you are enjoying it, even if it's bumps in the roads, you are still able to overcome those bumps. I always find there is a solution to everything, you know, and it could be taking it a little bit longer. It may be getting attorneys involved and get the professionals involved and all. But at the same token, you know, you've got to expect in a business, you know, I also have a thinking that God puts in your platter all these hardships or bumps, 
and they know that you can handle them and then you can grow, you know, as a person. (laughs) Well, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now, because I think a lot of the people that are, you know, listening to us have done a lot of multifamily, so they kind of know that business, but you've delved off into the assisted living and and into assisted living development of of like large projects, right? Yes, yes. Tell us what's different about that than your multifamily. I'm so glad you're saying that. Yeah, Kim, what happened was, see, uh, the senior housing, there is a shortage right now. Even the next 30 to 40 years with the big shift happening, you know, which we have about 74 million or so millennials and the baby boomers where I came from, right? Uh, 10,000 of baby boomers are turning 65 every day in USA. And that is bringing a lot more people into 65 plus, 70 plus, 75 plus, 85 plus, and so on. Like the numbers, which I'm, I can get hold of is 54.6 million <clears throat> of seniors are here in USA. And then about 6.4 million are 85 plus. It's going to be increasing to almost 20 million and then the 65 plus is going to be 100 million. Holy cow. Wow. One third of USA is going to be in that senior citizens. That's the largest number of people who will be in the older age and trillions of dollars with a T. Many, many trillions of dollars will be spent in housing, in medical care, in other things, in pharmacy, in equipments, which will be redesigned for the older population and things like that. So being, you know, it's been in my mind, it's been going on for three years, how I can, you know, jump into that. But I definitely want to be in only multifamily. I do not want to go back to single homes, single families and all. So then I started doing research into senior living. And I found there is residential assisted senior living and senior living. And then there is also multifamily, which is what really attracted me to it. That if we could build 32 units or 60 units or 90 units, a multifamily, which is all the seniors can reside in there, right? And then we want to look at what they need. They need, because most of the assisted seniors, well, if I may kind of talk a little bit more to your audience, in the assisted senior living is the middle side. If you will kind of imagine with me, there is a a no need driven and there is a need driven. Extreme to the left is, no need, no, uh, you know, no need is driven. It's uh, just the age driven. But on the right side is the extreme need. So the independent 55 plus, 65 plus communities or the golf courses and the gated communities, condominiums, they fall in the no need driven because people can take care of themselves as they are, you know, turning senior citizens and active life, right? Which is fabulous. Then in the middle is actually assisted living, independent, we call it also independent and assisted living in memory care. That's when somebody has a slip and fall 
and they cannot now dress up or they need more attention from a caregiver or one of the spouse passes away. So now the life starts degrading. They start you know, feeling the void, right? And they cannot cook and things like that. <clears throat> so in those instances where our seniors, 75, let's say, age, 70, 75, 85 years of age, they cannot take care of themselves. Then they come into our facilities and that's assisted living. It's independent and assisted living with memory care, which is the Alzheimer, you know, where people, you know, dementia and things like that. So we are designing our communities and other people are too, where it's independent and assisted living, but then with the age, it gets transferred into memory care or hospital if it's very, very severe illness. And then they go to the nursing homes. Okay. Now, nursing homes are the farthest right, which are very acute medically equipped buildings, which has got the medical beds and all the equipment and doctors and all that. So we are not in that side. We are just in the middle assisted living and memory care. And what happened was by sending the signals out in the Cosmo, I believe, then people catch that. John Rusin came in my life two years back. And I said, John, I'm looking into two, three years back, you know, into senior living. He says, oh my gosh, I went to school with my buddy and he's into building senior assisted okay. living. That's how it all started. And now we are joined at the hip and we are building great communities and things like that. So I'm learning more about development side of it. But, uh, you know, my part, our partner is also fully integrated, just like we are in the multifamily. He needed the multifamily experience and money raising experience. We need the building experience. So it just is a great uh, joint, you know, uh, business so, together now. Just so, to help our audience understand, how how are these run? Like, do you have your own uh, in-house people that run these facilities or do you hire third parties that come in and run the facilities? Very good point. Very good point. Just like in our multifamily, we had two acquisition companies, two management companies, Monil Management Group. Similarly, in our assisted living also, we are fully integrated right from the feasibility study in-house then we send it out to outside company to give us a complete, very in-depth feasibility study on the area and the lot that we are buying for assisted living. But then we start constructing with our GCs, general contractors, which we get involved very thoroughly and the subcontractors stage. And then we can, you know, we build them very quickly, by the way, within 12 months, we build the wow. whole community from shovel in the ground to the final occupancy, you know? But then we also have our own staff. We have 600 people now in our staff at this time. And majority of them are caregivers. I'll explain why. Because for an 80 to 90 member, our multifamily assisted senior living, we need about 55, 55 caregivers because wow. it's a shift. It's three shift, 24 hours. Okay. So 
We have full-time caregivers. We, they go through our training of six weeks to get certification. And then we bring them into the site. But we start to advertise and get executive directors with 20 years or more experience to manage our facility, just like community manager, right? In apartments, it's a very special art to find the right people with great experience and pay them well. And then the chefs also who have been, you know, making, you know, recipes and things for the older, you know, population, because we cook to order meals for our residents in breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the snacks and everything. So it's a well-oiled machine. When we are about 65 to 70% built, we start hiring the personnel locally and then get them through the training department, training things. And then we are able to get the leasing, the advertising, because our goal is to be 50% occupied the day we open the facility. 50%. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. So when are you going to do a training program for this? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There isn't anything out there. And I have clients that want to do this and, you know, I've looked, they've looked and they're just not finding any training. I should, I should talk to our partner, Shahid Imran. You know, it's so fun to say that to the audience. I mean, I came from India, poor boy. I mean, you know, six siblings living in one bedroom apartment into land of opportunity. Shahid also, my partner came from Pakistan, you know, when he was 17 years of age and with nothing. And, you know, the good part is that life brings you in a circle, you know, from India and Pakistan meeting in USA to really build, the, you know, uh, these great facilities. And I'm really, you know, so excited to be partnering with him. And our goal is really a BHAG, we call it, built to last, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal or something of $2 billion with a B in the, this decade to build these facilities all across USA to spoil the generation that has spoiled us, you know. So we are working towards it. Construction loans are not that easy to get. We are realizing that, and especially the COVID didn't help much, you know, the epidemic, but we have kind of, you know, hit the nail and nail and nail and nail. And, uh, you know, we have not given up and it's easing up a little bit more now because, uh, yeah, those things. Now the construction costs are, are increasing. You know, they are going up. You're right. Definitely. You know, so I mean, all these things we have to be covering in our presentations, even more so with the investors and all. I just started, you know, uh, uh, yeah, kind of building into how we're going to take the financing, if I may say. I don't know if anybody's looking into it, but the big thing is the construction financing for even multifamily conventional. It's easier to get construction financing, but only few lenders give the money for healthcare industry, you know, and uh, our kind of deals. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very interesting. Well, I know that I would be able to send you some students if you decide to do a <laughs> program for this. Um, so 
What is the number one piece of advice you would give to a beginning syndicator? You know, I would definitely say that, you know, you've got to learn and learn because if you cover talking to your investors that, you know, your your company is SEC regulated, you know, that you abide by all the laws and why you like SEC, it's a watchdog to, you know, keep the interests of the investors in the foremost and also share with them that you are pulling the money together and you know, meet with them often. I mean, the worst thing can happen is when you just meet with somebody and you think that they're going to invest whenever you get a deal. It doesn't happen that way. You got to bring them into confidence. You got to sit down with them and ask their goals and show them some, you know, underwritings, why you are looking at, you know, and why you're going to where you are going to purchase it. The money has to flow to that you know, emerging market, I say. So by having that quarterly meeting, which I started doing it and seminars for my investors, they liked it. And I was sending newsletters and we still do it. So that brings the bond. And the more comfortable they are with you, you will get the money. I never ask for money. Money follows to you because they feel comfortable. They trust you. They like you and they see that you are learning the materials as when I started my first deal, right? I had nothing at all. And my investors asked me, have you done any deal? I said, no, I've not, but I'm learning and I'm doing this and that. And they believed in. So that's why, you know, people are creatures of, you know, to give you money if they trust you. And if they feel that you're making every effort to learn the business correctly and you're going to bring the deals with your broker relationships and then you will be able to qualify for the loan and also covering that they are not at risk, but just for their investment. They're not alone. They are not going to be litigated. You know, the LLC is the limited liability corporation and that you are the principal, all those things. Well, yeah, and that's that's so very true. It's all it really is a relationship game. And, you know, right now, since we don't have a lot of live events, which is a way that a lot of people, a lot of my clients have met people in the past. I think Zoom is the next best thing. Um, even for our firm, uh, we used to do just phone calls with our potential new clients and we'd meet them at these live events. And um, this, you know, COVID forced us to start doing the Zoom calls. And I found out how much I really enjoy it. You know, first yeah. I thought, oh, I don't like it. I have to I have to look good. You have to put on your makeup, all that stuff. And then I started realizing that I, I got a better connection with people and it made my day more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I was meeting people from all over the world, and I always start the conversation with, uh, you know, where are you at in the world? And, uh, you know, that usually sparks kind of some rapport. And then we t- start talking business. But, um, yeah, it's it's really been... It's you know, I would love to say, everybody listening to us, you know, if you're already utilizing Zoom or go to meeting or Skype mm-hmm. even, I mean, there's so many great, and they're not expensive either that much. Mm-hmm. The good part is, I always ask my, you know, people I talk to, hey, make sure your webcam is working. 
And I've even supplied some. I don't mind spending yeah. 20, 20 bucks, right? Amazon, I say, just text me your address. I'll send it so that we can meet and have that feeling, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, I have a little camera that I just love. It's called a C922 ProStream webcam. Aha. And it, it just sits right on top of my computer. I can move it over my other screen if I want. You know, you can adjust it up or down, and it, it has such a better picture of them if you get off your, your other. I was thinking, I don't know which one is this one. <laughs> I'm just kind of showing it. It's going to be not in the audio side. And this one is the one where you press the button. It's got a ring light also. Oh, wow, that's very cool. I could use yeah, that. Yeah, that was very interesting. And uh, I had a model number, but sorry about that. Oh, it's called Vitage. Uh, HD 960 V I T A D E. Yeah, I'm just saying that this is the I just wanted to pick up from Amazon. I got it. Yeah, it right. sits also on your laptop or computer and you can move it. Yeah, no, but you yeah. know, the- some of that stuff just makes things so much easier. Easy. You know? yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so all right, what, wh- how would, how could someone contact you if they had questions for you, Vinny? Sure. You know, I'm very easily reachable by anybody. And I listen and read with my team, uh, all the emails and texts, you know, you could email actually Vinny, V as in Victor, I-N-N-E-Y at vinnychopra.com. So it's very simple, V-I-N-N-E-Y. There is an E in there. Even though I do own the V-I-N-N-I-E Chopra and I have three, four domain names because sometimes people misspell. So I just thought my mind wise, I can direct everybody to the right. But vinichopra.com, I'm on LinkedIn also. You can DM me, uh, direct message me. I'd love to answer. And then, of course, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. <laughs> we have a, a few uh, attendees that might have some questions. If anybody does have a question that they'd like to ask of Vinny or of me, um, you can uh, raise your hand if you like. Uh, there's a little uh, hand down at the bottom of your screen that you click on that. It will show us that you've raised your hand or you can type a question into the Q&A um, or you can just give us some comments in the chat. So uh, we're happy to talk to you. Um, so just, you know, um, who we are, we're a corporate securities law firm. Um, we have uh, some, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Um, we have some other kind of related businesses that are non-legal services. We have a company called InvestorMarketingMaterials.com. Uh, if you're interested in developing some investor marketing materials that are written by professional editors and uh, prepared by graphic designers, uh, check out InvestorMarketingMaterials.com. And we do Friday masterminds. We do uh, weekly Friday masterminds um, every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, noon uh, Eastern time for our clients. So if you become a client, then you can you know, come to all of those masterminds and you get to interact with other clients. And uh, those are really great calls. I love those calls because we just get, you know, you never know who's going to show up and we can get anywhere from two people to 10 people. Um, But it's just really a great group and we get to to just share ideas with each other. And it's a safe place to talk about syndication. You know, you mentioned that nobody wanted to talk to you about this, right? They all thought you were crazy, right? (laughs) That's, That's one of the reasons that we do our masterminds. 
Um, so we'd love to have you engage with us uh, if you'd like. And you can schedule an appointment with us at our website, syndicationattorneys.com. Um, there's a button where you can click to schedule an appointment and you'll be able to talk to one of our staff about uh, you know, what you want to do and, and uh, we'll see if there's a way that we can help you. Um, but uh, so nobody's asked a question. Everybody's being shy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all right. You know, I would definitely say, Kim, your website is amazing. I would highly, highly recommend. And I tell my students, you know, hundreds of them to please go there, syndicationattorneys.com. You have so many white papers, so much resources over there. And thank you so much. No, really. And, you know, the good part is that you get to know. See, you've got to be thinking about you want to raise money. You want to learn it right. Set up the LLCs right. Everything structure right. And then dig into it. You know, right after your due diligence, I usually say in the due diligence, first seven days are important. After that, we should know whether we are going forward or not. And that is the time to get the SEC attorney like Kim, you know, involved and move forward, right? That's interesting. Since you brought that up, I'm curious to know what you think is important that people do in that seven days. You know, I'm so glad you asked me that. Kim, what I find is, to be very truthful, we do a lot of research of the neighborhood, drive by, even I was sent, you know, even photographers, by the way, you know, to give me 150 pictures of the building close-ups and this and that and all the different areas of concern. And you can actually look at so much on the computer and things like that. But once you get into your yourself or I like to hire a professional company for due diligence, I love to pay money to the professionals. And that has saved me millions of dollars, literally, you know. So within you know, two, three days, you could do the walkthrough of all the units, definitely. The lease audits can be done right away too, simultaneously, actually, you know, having a team of people, local team. And then you can make a decision pretty quickly on the different maintenance. See, you could find out if the structure of the leases are correct, the demographics is correct, everything. And then the big thing is the structure then, right? The roof, the parking lot, the this and ACs and how old are they, appliances. So you can make a very good decision within five days. And I love to even, if I don't like to retrade is the word where you are asking the seller to give some repair allowance. But if there is a lot of different maintenance, you've got to start putting that repair letter and tell your broker right away. Don't wait until the 29th day because the seller can accept that repair letter or let the contract expire, right. <laughs> you know, and then you are out of the deal. Right. But that's why I find to be very truthful, I've closed on all these, you know, different syndications. I've done 34 now, right? And from start to finish, because you have done the homework beforehand. So it's just a matter of just going over the numbers and going over the inside of the property. So, you know, once you do that in seven days, you should go with a vengeance and get your loan going, get your you know money raised. Yeah. You do that after you have a signed purchase agreement or before? You know what? To be very truthful, I have 
<laughs> that's another one i would love to share i always give the property underwriting when i do to my loan broker also i've had only three loan brokers in my lifetime and i give it to them so they can underwrite the property i get the blessing on the loan before my loi is accepted wow oh yeah 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 wow. that's why i've closed every single deal every single deal in 56 days the one i just closed in austin was 54 days totally from start to finish interesting so i usually say to tell clients and this is based on my experience and the other experiences of of my clients i usually say to uh have before you hire us right then you should have a signed purchase agreement Mm-hmm. Someone from your team has physically been to the site, and you reviewed the financials. But you're saying, and I'm saying, do all that within seven days. But you're talking about having your machine in place that you can do even a lot more than that in seven yes. days. So yes, that's, that's amazing. That's no, totally. And you know, the biggest thing, I, for anybody, I, you know, who is kind of watching us and listening to us, please, please, please get the loan blessed. I think that is the number one thing we find towards the end which could be problematic right and with so many people going after the deals the sellers don't even take the financing contingency anymore in the LOIs mhm you know they don't want wow. that they even do that wow that's amazing yeah the, they are not taking it i know i'm selling my texas properties and it's all cash deal no contingency on the loan or anything so the the whole scape um, landscape has changed a lot you know it really right, right. property i bought in austin i had to give half a million hard signing of the contract well Thank we have to do another one of these shows Vinny and just dedicate it to the due diligence process and the whole process of you know love to why and you know all the way through uh you know closing on the property i, I think sure. that would be oh, my pleasure my pleasure really came all right well i'm right. looking for your uh, senior living training program i'm not good <laughs> for that i think that uh, that you need to do that Actually, we'll be building very close to you. You live in right there on the uh, Saint Augustine. We bought the property in Melbourne, right? right? You know, we're going to be building a beautiful facility in Palm Bay okay. and Sebastian, both the places, and Merritt Island and Ocala. Okay, yeah, those are all. And great. we just finished in. Cape Coral and Punta Gorda is half done in three wow. months. We did it half built already in three months. Wow, that's amazing! <laughs> yes. Vinny, you're amazing, and I thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And I hope okay. that the attendees uh, have uh, actually learned something. I know I've learned stuff. I do every time. I, this is one of the reasons I do these calls. It's because I learn from my audience. And uh, thank you so much, everybody that joined us today on the call. and uh you know that uh, if you like our podcast let other people know the name of the podcast is raise private money legally and uh we'd love to have y'all be subscribers and uh, we'd love to have y'all as clients and i'm sure vinny would love to have y'all as uh, coaching students yes. or investors <laughs> or passive investors you know <laughs> yeah everybody thank you so much for joining thank us thank you it's such a pleasure to spend time with you totally Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Raise Private Money Legally podcast with your host, securities attorney Kim Lisa Taylor. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Syndication Attorneys PLLC is a law firm that provides syndication and fund documents, offers commercial real estate transactional services, and creates professionally designed investor marketing materials for capital raising clients nationwide. Visit syndicationattorneys.com to schedule an appointment and sign up to get a copy of our latest book, How to Raise Capital for Real Estate Legally, the only guide you need to raise private money legally for real estate funds and syndications.